The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. We're going to cause trouble. Scott Farrell is calling the shots from the sideline. We're going to make fun of people. We're going to hurt people's feelings. It's Farrell on the bench. I believe in whipped cream with everything. So my Pirates got the number one pick in the draft lottery. That happened in San Diego this week. They had a draft lottery for the first time ever. The next five picks go to Washington, Detroit, Texas, the Twins, and the A's. So they agreed to a draft lottery in the new CBA. 18 teams that didn't reach the postseason would vie for the first six selections. Odds based on the 22 winning percentage range from 16.5% for the Pirates, Nats, and A's to 0.2% for the Brewers. It's the sixth time the Pirates will pick first and the second time in three years. In 2021, they took catcher Henry Davis of Louisville number one. Their GM, Ben Charrington, said every once in a while in this game, as we all know, it helps to get a little bounce. And we got that tonight when they made uh, the Pirates the number one pick. So here's how it went. The A's went in tied for the best chance for the number one and finished sixth. The Twins went the other direction. They had the 13th best odds, and they ended up getting the fifth pick. The number seven through 18 pick in next year's draft, which will be in Seattle where the All-Star game is, are going to be slotted by reverse winning percentage, followed by how teams finished in the postseason. So the World Series champ A's, they picked 30th. Rounds 2 through 20 will go in reverse order of winning percentage and postseason finish. Charrington said when you're picking up high in the draft, we know that that's really important, whether it's number one, three, or five. We got to get those picks right and bring good players in. So I don't feel like it's more pressure. We've had practice at this recently. I anticipate and certainly hope we will not be sitting in the seat in future years, but we have to take advantage now. Some of the names that uh, you're hearing that could go very early, even number one, LSU outfielder Dylan Cruz, Florida outfielder Wyatt Langford and Ole Miss shortstop Jacob Gonzalez. They're at the top of the heap right now. I got to tell you, imagine being a Pirate fan and every year you're in this position where you're going to be one of the top selectors in the draft. You're going to get one of the top players in the draft. And then they draft these players and then eventually they get rid of them. It is beyond me trying to watch this team Uh, just stop stumbling over themselves. Every great player that's ever come into the Pirate organization is gone before you can blink your eye. They lose every single player. It doesn't matter how good they are. I'm sure they're going to screw this up. They've screwed everything up. How can you root for a team, honestly, in which I have my entire life been a Bucs fan, 
And, you know, the other 15,000 fans that go to Pirate Games at PNC, great ballpark, fantastic uh, place to watch a game. It's just a beautiful uh, setting overlooking the city, right on the river, you know, home runs flying into the river. Same thing in San Francisco. But the difference is, is that the fans realize that the owner doesn't spend any money. They don't like nutting. They don't like the owner. They can't stand him. I'll never forget the kid that took the picture with Bob Nutting, and he was wearing a shirt that said, sell the team, and that the owner wasn't savvy enough or smart enough to recognize that the kid was playing him and jobbing him. It really is unbelievable watching them screw everything up. And then how do you get excited about a team that spends $40 million on their payroll? I mean, Scherzer makes $43 million. Literally... Max Scherzer makes more money than the entire Pirates team put together. That's laughable. It really is. I I mean, you cannot win uh, spending $40 million. I don't want to hear it. Cleveland spent $30 million and won. Uh, They had great young players. I won't deny it. But I think it's... uh, Something that doesn't happen regularly with any regularity that you can win and you spend no money. You cannot have a budget that low and be successful, I believe, in Major League Baseball. The Pirates have proven that. They don't spend any money and they never do anything. They don't spend any money and their season's always over by, you know, June. Literally. I mean, April, May, they're in it. June, it's over. They're done. By the All-Star break, forget about it. After the All-Star break, nobody wants to go to the games. You wonder why Pittsburgh is a football and hockey town. And it's funny because they won the World Series in 71 and in 79. Of course, they won it in 1960 and they beat the Yankees. But nobody was alive for that unless it's your grandpa. And that's all there is to it. I was alive and went to the 71 and 79 World Series. And then I went to their playoff runs when they had, you know, Bonds, Bonilla, and Van Slyke and Lavalier. And all I know is they uh, they didn't win then either. I mean, they always ended up losing. Sid Bream sliding home. Uh, what could be worse than the slowest guy on the face of the earth sliding home to beat you? And he used to play for the Pirates his whole career. Then he goes to the Braves and beats you on a play at home plate in the playoffs. I mean, they have had absolutely no luck. And when you don't spend money and you never win and you're out of it every year by June, I mean, how do you be a, a baseball fan in that time? You don't. People are sick and tired of it. They don't want to go. They never go. And the only reason to go to a pirate game is to, like, bring kids to it and spend a day with the kids at the ballpark and having a hot dog, a Coke, and some popcorn, and and maybe uh, they dream of catching a foul ball or getting an autograph. That's about it. I can't even believe that the Pirates don't force their crappy players to sign autographs every single day for an hour before the game with kids just so that they can have fans because they don't have any fans. Everyone in Pittsburgh is a Steeler diehard and a Penguin diehard for that matter. And you wonder why. The Steelers have won six Super Bowls and they always win. And the Penguins have won five Stanley Cups. And frankly, they always win. The Penguins are always good. And they have a star player in Sidney Crosby. They have another one in Geno Malkin. They have another one in Chris Letang. So they've kept those three core guys signed and intact and together 
And people say, well, the Steelers aren't that good anymore. Look, the Steelers win. They always win. Last year, they were terrible, and they still made the playoffs. And people say, Mike Tomlin's not a good coach. Well, he won a Super Bowl, and uh, he's never had a losing season. And I'm a season ticket holder uh, to the Steelers. I go to as many games as I can. I go on the road to watch them play. And it's an obsession. Their fan following and fandom for that football team is unlike any other. I guess the only one that could uh, compare to it, I think, is the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys fans travel. There's no doubt about it. So do Green Bay Packer fans, but the Packers aren't good right now. But that's not the point. Steeler fans, they go to every single game everywhere, whether it's Indianapolis, whether it's Atlanta. You look in the crowd, it's all terrible towels. People going crazy for the Steelers. And even the Steelers, when they're average, sell out every game. People love them. They watch them on TV. They watch them at the stadium. They pay to see them. Uh, They'll kill for season tickets. I mean, they literally will. If you have season tickets, you wouldn't give them up. Uh, You'd give a family member up before you'd give those tickets up. But when it comes to baseball, I mean, most people, uh, if they're handed pirate tickets for free, they don't want them. I don't know anyone that's going to the window buying them, for that matter. The only way they'd ever go is if they got comp tickets. The funny thing about the Pirates, they get all this talent and then watch what happens. Like, look at Garrett Cole. He was a great pitcher, right? And even uh, Jamison Schatz at Tyone, he just got a gigantic deal with the Cubs. Four years, tons of money. And where did he start? Pittsburgh. Garrett Cole, look at his deal with the Yankees. Nine years, 300-some million dollars. He forced their hand. Remember, he was pitching in Houston. He went from the Pirates to the Astros. He's down there winning titles. He's down there playing in gigantic playoff games and, and you know, playing for pennants. Then he goes to the Yankees. He's playing in the postseason every year. He's the Yankees' ace. And look at all the Pirates, even Barry Bonds. He was their best player ever. And what did he do? He left and went to San Francisco and played for the Giants. We know he was a juice head. Who cares? Uh, We know his records don't stand. Who cares? He still was a great pirate, and he left. When he was a young pirate, he was a 40-40 guy, and he was not on juice. Every great player. Look at Bell. He's another pirate uh, that bolted. And now he got a fat deal in Cleveland. And it's just one player after the next. Uh, Henry Davis, the number one pick from 21. What are they going to do to ruin him? I mean, honestly, it doesn't matter if it's the best pitcher in baseball. It doesn't matter if it's the best catcher. It doesn't matter if this year's number one is a shortstop. I don't care what they draft. They will find a way to screw it up. They will find a way to get that kid good, turn him into a great player. Then he'll be a great player, and then he'll be gone like all the others. They have not been able to capitalize on all these high draft picks to put together a champion, to put together a winning team. That's what sports is about. If you look at the Steelers' success over the years in all those Super Bowls, it was all built on the draft. And the Penguins, the same way. When they got Lemieux and Yager, they were on their way. When they got Crosby and Malkin, they were on their way. The Pirates, they get all of these great players and top players and best players, the best in baseball, in like high school, college, whatever. They draft them, they get them, and they groom them, and they get them ready 
And then they become players, and then some of them become star players, and then what do they do? They leave Pittsburgh, and what do they get in return? They get a pile of trash. They get everybody else's trash when all the best players that they've developed go elsewhere and play for titles and get to play in the postseason. It makes me sick to my stomach. I'm sick and tired of it. You know they're going to screw this up. It's just inevitable that they're going to draft a great player and then we're going to watch him turn into something and then we're going to watch him leave. You wonder why fans in Pittsburgh are sick and tired of it. They don't even care that they got the number one pick in the lottery because the whole thing's a joke because they treat the fans like a joke and they deserve nothing. They deserve what they get. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.